Adam 12. Adam 12. Cop Talk America's on the air. Copy. Put me 10-6. I'm tuning into Cop Talk America. Welcome to Cop Talk America, where police discuss the job, answer questions, and respond to law enforcement hot topics around our great nation. With over 100 years combined law enforcement experience, here's your hosts. I'd like to welcome everybody to Cop Talk America. We're on episode podcast number eight today. So here we are chugging along through there. I am Chad. I am joined today. We have Dave and Jerry and Brett and Bubba Jarvis, who also goes by Jerome. <laughs> I guess we'll stick just with Jarvis today anyway. Uh, we are all current or retired members of law enforcement. Each one of us has 20 plus years of experience. And we're just here and we give the law enforcement perspective on current topics of the day. Um, I would like to congratulate Jerry, who just recently retired after 29 long years in law enforcement. Yay! Well, thank you, thank you. Big shout out to you. Nothing but jealousy over here. I still got a little ways to go anyway. So, so how does it feel, Jerry? Feels real good. Yesterday, because I did get my first direct deposit check from the police union or the police <laughs> uh, pension. So, uh, keep up the hard work out there, you current uh, workers and law enforcement, to keep these pensions going. So, yeah, enjoy that pension while it's still there. I'm hoping it's still there uh, when it's my turn to go anyway. So, anyway, some of us actually have to go to work today, so we'll uh, move along with the show here. Um, first topic we'll talk about, of course, is New Zealand, which is the hot topic all over the place. Um, as everybody knows, New Zealand some some psycho neo-nazi white supremacist goes into a couple of mosques in new zealand kills 50 plus people anyway um, and of course now the reaction is new zealand banning all assault weapons all military type weapons and and all kinds of things um, and of course what's happening now is the liberal left is is running amok with this saying that oh my look what new zealand does you know they take a hard stance when it comes to gun control and everything else after one of these tragedies why aren't we doing something like that? Um, and it's just completely different countries. I mean, even even the prime minister, when they came out with made their announcement, says we are not the United States of America. Something to that effect. That they don't think something like this could could actually work in America. Um, when you read the articles, New Zealand has what one of the lowest murder rates in the world, I believe. Not um, anymore. Yeah. Well, that kind of put a big skew on things. So, but now within six days after this massacre. You, you have this emotional legislation that passes six days afterwards, which bans all these firearms. Um, and, of course, like I said, the liberal left is going to run with this and say we should be doing the same thing. But these, these, that's apples and oranges when you're comparing the United States of America with New Zealand. Um, I actually know people from New Zealand. And yeah, a murder over there is kind of a, a big deal. And you're right it's a completely different country you got a few million people not 300 million you got basically not a whole lot of different cultures 30 30 some murders a year yeah, you're not comparing apples and oranges you're comparing raisins to watermelons here yeah you the entire country has what 34 35 ish homicides a year you get that in every mid-sized city in the united states of america you have that much so obviously i think people they're not going to throw a huge fit about having to lose um, their semi-automatic weapons. It's a, it's a liberal society anyway. Plus, these people probably feel pretty safe in their homes. 
as it is. They're, you know, they don't, they're not looking at the crime rates we're looking at, and they probably feel secure when they're out and about and, and secure when they're at their games or at their churches, or at least they used to be. And so I, I understand the outrage when something like this happens. I mean, when you have this utopia and this horrible, horrible, horrible incident happens, and the number one thing you do, well, we'll just get rid of the guns, and then this won't happen again. From somebody who doesn't live in the country that came into the country from Australia, and so it's not even a homelander that, that, that did this. So, you know, in my opinion is you just made everybody less safe, less likely to be able to defend themselves the next time somebody comes in with a weapon. Now they're the only one with a weapon. And what they're doing, a buyback, and if you don't, if you don't comply with a buying back, then you're pretty much a criminal. Then you can face fines or prison time if you don't turn in your semi-automatic weapon or any of these other things they have banned. So I just think you're making the country a lot less safe and then you are more safe doing that. And this will, I mean, that will never compare with the United States of America. I think they'll find out that they are definitely making a mistake with this. Once the, whenever you lead with emotions instead of critical thinking, you're, you're going to make bad decisions. And I think that's what this is. You've gone how many decades and, and years and hundred years plus or whatever it's been that New Zealand has been in existence. You have never had anything like this happen before. And everybody's had the guns they've had. And you made a good point. This guy isn't even from New Zealand that did this. So it, it it's a knee-jerk reaction, and those never pan out well. And the only thing you're doing is, once again, limiting the people's ability to own firearms and, and to defend themselves if the, if the need comes up. And, you know, hopefully they'll see the light at some point and quit voting with emotions and use some common sense. Well, common sense is out of the window anyway because they figure everyone is going to turn in their weapons unless they have a strict policy on how the guns were registered, if registered anyway, I don't believe everyone is just going to up willy-nilly and bring my gun in because the prime minister Sure they said are. So. The honest people yeah. are going to. The honest, the honest ones are. I doubt that. Not even all the honest ones. Well, most of them anyway. It's the ones who are going to want to do the, uh, the, the criminals and, and the crime and all that. They're definitely not going to turn theirs in, which doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of that in New Zealand anyway. Um, and I, I haven't seen any articles or anything of any protests or any opposition to this at all, which shows you how, I mean, how safe and liberal that country is. That they're probably, okay, oh, here's our guns. That's great. This won't happen again. The New Zealanders I knew uh, or still know, I, I honestly don't know. Truth, you kind of nailed it there. Is that big of a deal to most of them? Because I just don't think they have the, the gun culture, so to speak, like we do. Yeah, I mean, and they, they have a, a very large percentage of New Zealanders own firearms, but I think they're willing, oh, okay, here's our guns, take them, I'll be, I'll be fine with my forty five right. at my house protect myself because nothing really happens around here anyway. It's a big hunting country, but uh, so I... I, I don't know what the, uh, pol- the uh, demographics or the population of New Zealand is. I don't know much about New Zealand, but I would imagine if you're going to do comparables here, you're probably looking at the size of Chicago. New Zealand, it's right next to New Mexico. It's just on the west of New Mexico, I believe. <laughs> but uh, once again, you're going to see a political game being played here. And when you start doing statistics, you know, you create a gun ban in a small country that has basically no murder rate anyway. And you say we're banning all assault rifles. And then when we do our study in five years and you look and say, by God, they're uh, – their murder rate has not gone up anymore, and it's drastically been reduced because we had 50 homicides in one day in a small populated country. So the statistics are going to show that their banning assault rifles has caused a dramatic 
reduction in crime in New Zealand. And that's going to be the uh, talking points and the spin that's going to come out of this in about a year or two. And once again, it's just a game. It's being played saying this is going to reduce crime uh, by banning assault rifles. Uh, and like I said, it's just, a, it's just a game that's being played on the, on the political side of this. I would like to sit here and think that if we did do a ban, especially on assault-style weapons uh, for civilians, which I'm against, uh, I don't believe any civilian needs a military-style, like to like to say, semi-automatic, high-capacity rounds weapons uh, to protect their home. Now, are you saying nobody should have one? You're talking about our country, their country, all countries? Civilians should not have access. In all to, countries. You're talking about United States of yeah. America also. Okay. Exactly. Uh, okay. But, you know, you, you, th you sit and look at Chicago. Now, they have the strictest gun laws in the country, I believe, and yet they have one of the highest murder rates. So, obviously, even though they've banned guns in Chicago and they have a very strict enforcement in the city, bad guys are still getting their hands on plenty of guns, even though they are banned. So that's obviously not going to be an answer of banning all assault-style weapons because then only the bad guys will have the assault-style weapons. See, here's, here's my problem with that. And, and, and I think this is what a lot of the, the, the liberals are saying. And, and when, you, when, when you first hear it, it makes sense. It, it sounds wonderful. These, these are awful weapons. They can do a lot of damage. You can kill a whole lot of people in a short period of time, especially in the gun-free zones where nobody else has one anyway. So let's get rid of them, and this thing won't happen anymore. And, and, the, and the argument of why would anybody want – why would anybody need an AR-15? Why does anybody need an AK-47? Well, in my opinion, in one case and one case only, would you need weapons like that? The whole reason the Second Amendment was created in the first place, tyranny of government. Um, this is not an old thing. Look at, I mean, Venezuela right now. I mean, just Venezuela is pretty much a microcosm of everything that they're trying to do in the United States of America right now. What, what the progressive socialist left is trying to lean towards. I mean, just please don't listen to us make the arguments. Don't listen to the NRI and everybody else. Look at what is happening in Venezuela and the history of that country, what's happening. And they have done everything that the socialist progressive left wants to do right now. Tyranny of government. Um, Venezuela had the highest murder rate in the world. In the world. So what they do makes sense. Let's get rid of all the guns. So they did the same thing. They banned, they banned all guns. They did a buyback, made everybody turn them in. And when they did that, what happened? The murder rate skyrocketed. So it doesn't make any sense. In a place like New Zealand, it may make perfect sense. Like I said before, the prime minister even said, this, this isn't going to make sense in America. And these other, this makes sense in New Zealand. It, doesn't, it will not make sense in America. Um, and now you have pretty much tyranny of government, which is happening today in New Zealand. Everybody's thinking, oh, that could never happen again. That could never happen again. The Holocaust wasn't all that long ago. When Germany, when, when Hitler disarmed... Um, Germany, all the, all the Germans and Jews and everybody else, then the Holocaust happened. Same, same thing happened with Castro in, in Colombia. They disarm everybody. Now you are defenseless to the government. So, yes, it makes sense. These are, these are horrible weapons put in the, in the hands of, of deranged lunatics. Yes, it is. But what's, what's your biggest fear? That someday that the government, yes, absolutely. Look, look at the lunatics we've got in office right now. Uh, look at Congress. I mean, people can look at the president. You know, we're, we're voting in celebrities now. And, and to say we're not going to get somebody if the Democrats get everything that they want, 
they can change the constitution. You know, they want to put more Supreme Court justices on so they so they can rule the Supreme Court. They want to abolish electoral college so they can be guaranteed that everybody who lives in New York and California can run the country. They can control the Supreme Court forever. They can uh, support uh, the White House. They can support the Senate forever. They can change the Constitution. Same thing they have done in Venezuela. They have changed the Constitution because they have completely eliminated one of the parties. Are you trying to tell us you think people should own guns? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, also You're 100% right. Yeah. And, and a lot of people feel like that. And, and unfortunately, when you start talking like that, people want to think you're some kind of looney tune. But you're absolutely right, and our Constitution calls for it. That's half the reason of the Second Amendment. And, and even take it, take it down a couple notches, if you want to have an AR-15 to defend your home or to go out and shoot feral hogs or just to have the damn thing, it's your constitutional right. And nobody needs to take it away from you. And when you start banning AR-15, what's an AR-15? It's a semi-automatic rifle. A semi-automatic rifle is is a it can be a hunting rifle. It can be what most guns are are semi-automatic. And these people trying to pass these laws in this country, they don't know the difference between automatic and semi-automatic, and they don't realize it's already illegal to own an automatic weapon in this country. We don't need to ban semi-automatics. They're two different tools. So you're absolutely right. Uh, it's in our Constitution. It's the Second Amendment, and we all need to have if, if we feel comfortable with it and we want them you should be able to own a gun and conceal carry that gun if you're capable of doing it and people just need to know the reasons why to have the guns not other than just because we want to have them there's a reason behind them just look at look at history just wish the teachers would actually and the professors would actually teach actual history and not give their opinion political opinion one side or the other and say here's the history make 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 up uh, your own conclusion from there and i think we're missing one of the biggest points of all these mass shootings that we see across the United States and and the uh, ARs and the assault rifles have been glorified in all your video games. They've been glorified in all your, your media, your uh, movies. You know, you can shoot, shoot a semi-automatic rifle a thousand times and kill a lot of people or you miss a lot of times in some of these movies. You see some massive gun battles. You wonder how they ever survived it. But once again, we're not looking at the self-responsibility or the mental health illness of this and, and, and the social media perception on all this, you know. Like I said, video games out there, I mean, every one of them, uh, there are assault rifles being used to just have massive shootings and shootouts. I mean, that's that's what excites these kids and adults, you know, and it's, it's, a, it's a phenomenon now. And, you know, how is this affecting the mental health of uh, our society? You know, and thinking you can go and go get an assault rifle and walk into a target-rich environment and shoot and kill as many people as you can. Uh, and a lot of them are, you know, glorifying war and the war tactics and stuff like that. But, you know, we're not taking a hard look at why are people doing this? You know, why, why are they doing this? And, and they're just going and getting the easiest convenience of being an assault rifle in this case. But there's just as many people being killed across this country with all kinds of weapons. 22s. Yeah. The weapon of choice for most hitmen is a 22. It's quick and silent. No one knows. That's it. Jarvis. Yeah. All right. And, and that brings me now that you know the insides <laughs> of what the hitmen are using and stuff like that. And he's that. absolutely not, right. You know. I'm that, sorry I called you Jerome earlier. I, that was supposed to be just. Well, a they didn't want to be the the hitman and the the mob and them didn't want to be identified. They didn't want to be caught up in this. They didn't want anybody knowing they're the ones that did this. These mass murders we're seeing with these assault rifles want to be known. It's, 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 they're wanting to be glorified by social media 
and wanted to get their name out there and be somebody and, and get their agenda out there so they have a voice for the first time in their lives. Like I said, we're not taking a hard enough look society-wise of uh, why these people are doing it and, and where yeah. they coming up with these ideas. And, and like I said, it's just not the weapon that should be criticized here. It ought to be the whole the whole process of how we got to this point, and they're causing this mass chaos, mass chaos and uh, mayhem out there. Brett? Well, <clears throat> there's not always a fix to the problem. There just isn't. You know, we see everything, especially in a police department, all over, I, I guess, commands, commands. So if you have a bad situation or something that went bad uh, on a situation with an officer and they sit around, well, we gotta, we got to change something. we got to do something here so this will never happen again. Well... It's going to happen again because it's human nature. You can't fix every little thing, just like you can't fix the weapons problem in New Zealand by banning all We're going to have, assault we weapons. Have to you you, we, 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 we have to adapt. We have to adapt. It's just human nature that people want to do bad things. They're going to be able to do them. So I can't get me an assault rifle, but I can get myself a hold of some, bomb, some pipes and some chemicals. And so if I make seven IEDs and just toss them one in each classroom as I go down, if you if somebody wants to be a coward and be evil and kill, it's human nature. They're going to get it done one way or the other. Well, but it is awful lot easier when you do have your friendly, you know, AR-15 with you. Well, I just got done reading a book called Left to Tell, and it was a, a survivor of the uh, the Rwanda genocide that was in 1994, where over a million uh, people were killed in Rwanda. What were they killed with? Machetes. Yes, there were some guns and everything involved too, but a majority of the weapon of choice for killing over a million people was machetes. And that was also, that, that was a, a government-controlled thing, two tribes fighting over control of the country. Um, the, the tribe that had control of the country at that time was pretty much ordering absolute genocide of the other tribe. And we'll just get rid of them, and then we'll never have to worry about them taking power again. And over a million people in three months were killed, majorities with machetes. So getting rid of guns is not going to stop. I think the Dark Ages were a pretty bad time, too, and I'm pretty sure there weren't any guns at that time, and a lot of people were killed. You know, the gun is a great equalizer. Yeah, Vlad the Impaler, he used stakes. So. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I love stakes. If, if, if you have evil, ribeye. and we're always going to have evil in this world, we have a fallen world. You take God out of it in many of these cultures, and we've been trying to do this in our country. What do you expect? It's a playground for the devil, and you're not going to get rid of evil. So prepare to deal with it instead of saying, well, we can ban guns and go hide our head in the sand, and everything's going to be hunky-dory. Well, no, you need to prepare to deal with it. Prepare for the worst, pray for the best. That's a, the best model no matter where you're going or what you're doing. So when the guy walks in your house with a gun or a machete or whatever the case may be, you're capable of defending yourself and your family, or if you're out, and some guy jumps up with a knife to rob the rob you or to cause damage or harm to somebody around you, you can take care of the problem. You don't have to expect somebody else to do it for you. And that's the good thing about this country, is it? And that's how this country was founded. That's why this country is so great, is because we take care of our own problems. We give some individual responsibility, not just expecting the government to do everything for us. And I, I, I do believe we need to do a lot more regulations on guns and and. And I don't, I don't agree with the right and the NRA when, when they start throwing fits every time you even bring up the words, uh, just trying to hone in at all. I, I believe in background checks. I, I, I don't think you should just be able to walk right into a Walmart and walk out with an AR-15. No, um, you shouldn't be able to. 
the, you have to have, we have to have some type of regulations and stuff on. But as Jerry and Brett stated earlier, we got to look a little deeper than just the weapons themselves. Because last time I checked, I took the AR and sat down on the ground. And you know, not one person got shot. Not one. It didn't go. I sat there for an hour. Not one person got shot. But like we always said, it's the person behind the weapon. And that's changed. And that has changed. And and that's where you have to come, like Jerry's talking about, the root of the problem, which can, can we really get... Society has changed so much right now. Is there, is there any way we're going to be able to change society back and put the moral values back into everything? That's where we got to start at. Um, that's where we have to start. I think we need to start values. with how... First, first and foremost thing I think that we have to start is how we're going to defend ourselves in, in these areas where these shootings happen as we're trying to figure out the root cause of it because these are going to continue to happen. And it's going to take a long time to try to get back to our moral center or to figure out what's causing this. In the meantime, we have to figure out how we're going to defend ourselves. And uh, as law enforcement, we get asked all the time, so, so you as a cop, what do you think about concealed carry? Are you for or against it? Because you guys are the ones out there having to force it. We're the ones that have to be you know, on the front lines when somebody has. And, and my opinion is all for it. Because I'm like, that's more good guys on my side that can help me out. I'm not worried about... Yes, it's a concern that they get drunk in a bar, they got a gun, bad things can happen. But I still think there's a lot more of have a gun can help protect themselves, help us out, you know, in, in a wake of one of these tragedies. And I think the concealed carry laws that we have, especially in our state, are absolutely ridiculous. I mean, our concealed carry, basically you can't carry a gun anywhere. You, you, can take, only, you can't take a gun anywhere where you really might have to defend yourself whatsoever. I mean, the, the laws make about as much sense as wiping before you poop. I mean, there's, you, can't, you can't take a gun into a mall. You can't take it because, you don't go because it'll make toilet it paper that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, you save you know, toilet paper. If you do yeah, all the tree huggers like yeah. that one, too. Like, yes, they're going to they're, they're gonna start uh, protesting. The one thing, and, and you mentioned, and I agree, we had to have some limited and I stress limited gun control. But what concerns me is when we start doing limited gun control and the government is in charge of it, right now that might not look too bad. It looks worse than it would have 20 years ago. But what's it going to look like in 20 or 40 or 50 years when our kids or grandkids are trying to deal with this? And you got some of them, you mentioned it earlier, you got some of these politicians now out in New York, out in California. They are nuts. They are leftists, they are socialists, they are borderline communists, or maybe are. And what's going to happen then? And it's like so many things. It starts out, you're passing these laws that make sense on the surface, but then, well, let's pass another one. Well, let's restrict this. Well, let's do that. Well, you know what? What the heck? Let's just get rid of all of the guns. And that's the one thing that concerns me. It's going to be a really slippery slope when we start doing any form of gun control. Although I do agree that we have to have limited gun control but we have to be very, very careful about legislation we pass. And I agree with the NRA taking a stance on just about any type of gun control because what's next? And that's what concerns me. The background checks, I think it's a great idea, but then what's the next idea? And who are we going to decide who gets a gun or who doesn't get a gun? If somebody says, well, I think that guy's mean, I don't like his opinion, so he shouldn't have a gun. Okay, well, let's not let him have a gun because we're already bringing some of this stuff up where you can red flag people. Uh, that they can't purchase or possess a firearm. Well, well, that's fine. That's a great idea on the surface. But who is going to make that determination on who should be red flagged and for what reasons? That's that's the slippery slope that concerns me with gun control. Well, I think we're starting to go down that path. You, 
we're taking a hard look at the mental illness behind a lot of these mass shootings across the United States, and there has been direction going after the mental health aspect of it. Uh, I think gun control, as far as banning weapons, is just a Band-Aid to a major problem here, that we're not taking a look at the mental health issues. And now it's gotten so bad, you go back and you look at the ones in the United States here, and even the one in New Zealand, I mean... They looked at this kid, this guy's history here, okay, and he's neo-Nazi, uh, and and came from that there where he's really, really evil because he's neo-Nazi, okay. What about the uh, the gentleman down in the Parkland shooting? He was a mixed-up high school kid, and uh, he's bad and he's evil, but he's not as bad as a neo-Nazi who walked into a black church, you know, a year before and gunned down those people because he was definitely a a racist and he's really evil and we hit it right on the head these people are evil i mean mental illnesses can be part of being evil too but we're looking we're putting uh, uh descriptions on what is really evil and what's somewhat evil and what's just bad they're just evil people out there and until we start eliminating evil people from society, and, and, and if, if you are evil and you go out there and commit a crime of this magnitude, um, there should be some severe consequences, including the death penalty, which we don't want to talk about unless it is a racist who walks into a black church and then they want to hung up on the street on a courthouse thing. But you know, like I said, this kid down in Parkland, he's just a mixed-up high school kid that killed... So were his uh, fellow students, but those poor victims down there said, well, we don't want him put to death because, you know, he just needs to rot in jail. Well, yeah, he needs to be put to death. Evil needs to be put to death when they do these type of crimes and start sending a message that this is what's going to happen to you. You know, you're not going to go in front of the courts and play these games and get a life sentence, you know, and continue to be a, a documentary every 10 years, you know. Um I think we really need to start taking a look about enforcing the laws that are on the books and putting some teeth back into these. If you walk into a, a, a protected uh, facility such as a church, a school, federal building, um, these type of places, you walk in there with a, any type of weapon and you cause mass casualties, you're, it's an automatic federal death penalty case. But they don't care. That, that's, I, 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 don't, I don't think that laws... The laws are the last thing that's going to stop a mass murder. I mean, we we got pretty strict murder laws as it is. I, I don't think you can do anything worse than commit a murder. So I don't I don't think there's a law out there. These guys they don't care. They're they they're on a suicide mission anyway. Most of them are are, are plan on dying at the end of this anyhow. So so I mean, what greater penalty is there than that? They don't they could care less. I think what Jerry is alluding to. You're right. Some of these mass murders, they're pure evil. And if you're planning on killing 50 people, you notice a lot of these guys really don't have much of a criminal history. But you look at the, in my opinion, the bigger problem, because every city in this country is having murders. Chicago's out of control. Our city's just about Tightest, out of control. most strict gun laws in the country in right. Chicago. But what we need what to do is when we get these guys that just got out of a prison they get out in 20 years on parole or get out in 10 years on parole because they plea bargain down their involvement in a homicide or a robbery and we catch them with a gun, they need to be put away for good. And I think if we would enforce those laws that uh, you would prevent, you might not prevent the next mass shooting, but I think you prevent a heck of a lot of homicides from happening because it's real simple. If, if, if dude gets out of prison 
gets a gun and goes right back to the lifestyle he was, you know he's going to end up victimizing people and probably killing people with that gun. But the police get him stopped, get the gun away from him, and instead of plea bargaining and uh, end up, you know, getting out, doesn't even go back to prison or doesn't stay there very long, just lock him up for good, he's not going to hurt anybody else. He's done. And how many of these mass shootings in – and, and still, even though they seem like they're in the news every week, they're still pretty darn rare. I mean, because in, in, in these in these gun laws, if we're just talking about mass shootings right now, if we want to go into stricter gun laws that that would drop the homicide rate in Chicago and all the cities across America, that's a whole that's a whole new topic, and that's where I do think laws would help out because we all know from being in law enforcement for a very long time that we arrest people with guns every single day and absolutely nothing happens to them. We arrest felons, I mean, that have been in trouble. And it's, well, there's a gun, but it's sitting between two people in a car. Um, How can we prove which one it is? And I understand the prosecutor's burden on a lot of these cases, but let's give it a shot. But they they just get dropped left and right. I get it. Prosecutors are overwhelmed, just like police are overwhelmed. But yeah, if you have uh, the, the tighter gun laws and we really push the prosecution of this, we know people all the time that have committed a homicide and we can go back and look how many times have they been arrested with possession of guns and nothing happened to right. them. If you commit a crime, a violent crime using a firearm and you anytime thereafter when you get out of prison or any other time in your life get caught with a firearm, you should go back to prison for life. My opinion. I don't think we've heard any magic solution. There is none uh, <clears throat> to this. It hasn't been raised. At I this can table solve and, it. I can solve it. Oh, just give me thank, a second. Thank God, Chad. Let me think. Let me think about it. When for Chad a second, becomes I'll come dictator, everything will be better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there is no uh, golden rule or law or mindset or policy or mental hospitals or anything that's going to make this. It's all basically boils right back down to human nature, and we're going to have bad people in this world and. If he can't get a gun, well, then he's going to run into a place with a couple of knives and shank about 20 people before we actually get him stopped. So, just happened in Montreal. A Catholic priest was uh, stabbed while during Mass just last week in Montreal. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's evil. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you uh, for joining the Cobb Talk America. You can also join us on the our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Cobb Talk America. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm.